Welcome back to another edition of Be The Change Georgia, brought to you by Be Local Georgia. I'm Nathan Stuck, and I'm passionate about amplifying the voices of the amazing leaders surrounding the B Corp community in the Southeast who are showing how making a profit and making a difference aren't mutually exclusive ideas. Today, there are more than 4,000 B Corps across 75 countries and 150 industries, unified by one common goal, transforming the global economy to benefit all people, communities, and the planet. If you want to learn how to plug into our purpose-driven business community alongside the inspiring leaders we feature on this show, check us out at BeLocalGeorgia.com, and we'll hope to meet you at our next event. Today, we have the opportunity to learn from a guest who is reshaping the fashion industry for a sustainable future. Tangeria Willis is the founder of Atlanta Sustainable Fashion Week and the owner of E-Closet Luxury Consignment Boutique. She joins us to share her incredible journey from electrical engineer to a leader in the sustainable fashion space. In this episode, we'll delve into her motivation behind launching Sustainable Fashion Week, explore the lesser known aspects of the fashion industry, and learn how Atlanta Sustainable Fashion Week looks to make an impact far beyond the city. Tangeria also shared her vision for the future of Atlanta Sustainable Fashion Week and her commitment to society and sustainability. Stay tuned for an enlightening conversation filled with insights and practical steps to make more sustainable fashion choices. Enjoy. Tangeria Willis, welcome to the Be The Change Georgia podcast. How are you doing? I am awesome. Thank you for having me. I know people can't see us right now, but we're wearing dueling glasses right now. Yes, Tangeria's we are. In her, her trademark orange. I'm in my trademark. Well, I don't normally wear the glasses, but I do have red glasses. I should wear it with the jacket. Yes, you should. You should always wear the jacket. Uh, I just realized actually tonight, and I know this will be out long after I go to this event tonight, but I'm going to a networking event and the jacket's at the dry cleaner. So, either, either <laughs> so can't that go means you or... need two jackets. <laughs> I probably, you, as you much as I do, jacket. I probably should have a second jacket. A backup um, jacket. There's some weeks where that thing gets some wear. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm excited to have you on. Um, the jacket's not sustainable, but we're going to talk a little sustainable fashion today. Let's do it. Awesome. Well, uh, let's jump right into it. So, you know, we always do a pre-recording session. That Yours was one where we probably should have just recorded that and made it the podcast. Yes, but, we um, should have. There's a lot that actually turn out where you're like, oh, well, that we should have just used that. But you, we talked about your journey of becoming a leader, and it's always fun to unpack that, like, leadership story of – because most of us don't realize until other people tell us or we have that aha moment yeah. that, oh, I do have people following me and I am leading. And you've become that leading voice in the sustainable fashion world. When was your aha moment? Like, wh when did you start to realize that, like, people are coming to this event, people are craving this event, people are excited about my event? Like, when did you realize that you had become the sustainable fashion leader? I think after the first event, um, it it really started to kind of crystallize and I, but I still had imposter syndrome. I mean, and I think I still do today, you know, well, it, it never goes away. It, it, it doesn't, it, it's, you know, you still have it, but you know, because the first event was a hybrid event because of COVID, you know, we were, I was just crazy enough to launch during COVID and, <laughs> and uh, Actual, an actual event where I wanted people to come during COVID. 
<laughs> you know, but it was a hybrid event. And, you know, when I first started talking about it, most people didn't understand what do you mean sustainable fashion? What do you mean textile waste? I think after the first event happened, um, where people started actually coming to me and asking me to serve on panels and talk to them about sustainable fashion and what textile waste was and being able to um, build international relationships of people that wanted to be involved um, going forward and companies that wanted to be involved and wanted to um, be a part of the movement of what I say is the movement in the community that's when I started to realize that I had something that I wasn't just crazy. It wasn't just my, you know, a, a solo idea of this crazy engineer girl that wants to do something different. And, and so I started to see it as that I still didn't necessarily see myself as the leader yet. Um, but as I evolved into what was, what became 2023, uh, with the events and with being more um, active in the conversation uh, with people that started to crystallize it for me that I, I actually have a voice that people want to hear and they want to understand what it is that I know about this textile waste and, and, and how they can do something differently. And and when you have those moments when you're talking to someone and they come to you afterwards and they say, I never knew that, or I didn't realize that I was doing these things or that my clothes had this much effect on me because we don't think about our clothes. It's just something that we do. We wear clothes, but we don't think about how they affect us. So being able to have a conversation with people that they could say, you know, they can think about it and they can say, oh my God, I need to change how I view this. That's when it, it kind of crystallized for me. I know I'm one of those people. So I've learned a ton from you and just uh, like even little things like, you know, when I used to go on vacations, like that was the souvenir I brought back. It was always a magnet mm -hmm. and, a, and a shirt from wherever <laughs> I went. And so I could wear the shirt and be like, that's right. I've been to Acadia National Park. Um, and I, I've stopped doing that where I'm like, the shirt's only going to last a couple of years. Why am right. I, why am I, and I never wear them. So I'm like, why and It's just rethinking every little decision? And I think that that realization that you're not going to be perfect. And also that it was one of the panelists this year that said, you know, if you see something that you really want, it's okay to buy it, but just make sure you go through that checklist in your head before you buy it. Do I really need it? Do I really want it? Yeah. Do you know, like, is this something, and there are things like, you know, that again, you're, you're not going to be a perfect decision maker. Um, but if we all start making more good decisions around fashion and what we're not, what we're buying, what we're consuming, um, the demand we're driving, but also what we're putting on our body, um, <laughs> what's like leaching into our skin. Um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll start to find ourselves in a better place. What, what was your impetus? Like, at what point did you just wake up and say, like, I think the world needs a sustainable fashion week? Like, and I mean, we won't even yeah. go into the and why during COVID, but like, wh what what drove you to start this? What was the driving force behind Atlanta Sustainable Fashion Week? 
I was always, I think indirectly, you know, and subliminally, I think I always had something there. I was always a lover of fashion. I always wanted to figure out a way that I could be involved in the fashion industry in some way. Coming up, you know, I was an engineer. I worked for a nuclear facility. Um, and being that a lot of times those type of facilities are in neighborhoods that are not necessarily your most higher income neighborhoods, you know, it, you know, leaving there every day, you ask yourself questions about those environments and, and that, you know, and all of those things that are related. As I started as I grew and I got older and I started uh, e-closet, which is a consignment boutique, I really started doing a lot of research on used clothing and um, reselling and things like that. One of the things that kind of drove some of that research is when my daughter was small, um, when she was, you know, six months to two years she used to have incessant nosebleeds. Like she would wake up in the morning and the bed would be full of blood where her nose had just bled throughout the night. And, you know, we had done all of the allergy testing. She wasn't allergic to anything, just, you know, the basic grass and things that they always say that you're allergic to. Um, and so, you know, but there was nothing that was considered there. Um, and so I just started kind of researching potential causes of things. Not that I know that that was the cause of her nosebleeds. However, if I could do something differently to change that effect as a mom, I'm going to do it. And I think the other thing was I started hearing of so many friends and so many people that I knew that were contracting diseases such as cancer. And they had never smoked a day in their life, but they had like lung cancer and all of these different brands of cancer. They, you know, they were not your typical candidates that everybody said. And so I wanted to try to, I started researching around that and it kind of led me to learn more about textile waste and, um, and the, the effects of textile waste and the uh, carbon emissions and gas emissions and, you know, the chemicals that are in the clothing and fast fashions. And I was never a, a person for fast fashion because of quality and all of those things. And I just started doing more and more research around that. And so I wanted to find a way to share that with share what I learned with people. But I know it's difficult to just throw facts and statistics into people's faces and have them get it. And sustainability as a whole was really, it's really taught to us and given to us on such a high 30,000 foot view level. It, we don't feel the direct connection. And I wanted to try to figure out a way to show people how this textile waste and gas emissions and all these things affect us directly. 
And I found a way to do that through clothing. And so I created Sustainable Fashion Week to be able to present that to people that they can do something differently, but also show them the effects that what they're currently doing have on their bodies, on their health, on all of those things. But I thought that doing it through a Fashion Week type event would be more fun (laughs) and entertaining. And if I can couch that overarching thing in education to show people different things to implement incrementally that they didn't have to do all of the things, they didn't have to make drastic changes, that there were small things that they could do to to help the environment, to change their health statistics, to do all of those things, that this would be a, a more relatable way to do it. And so that's how I came to it. That's crazy. Oh, I always love a good founder story. What are some of those things? Like, let's unpack some of the, uh, I don't want to ruin everybody's day, but I think it's important to know. Like one of the things, one of my big takeaways from, from this last event was uh, that your skin is the body's biggest organ. Yes. So like, let's, without sending people into a depression spiral, let's unpack some of the, the icks of of fast fashion and just some of the things we don't think about you know beyond the like okay if we're not going to win people over with like you don't need to buy everything you see um what are some of the if you're worried about your health if you're worried about your children's health like what are some of the things we need to know about i I think the, the first thing is is you know just like you do with your food you need to read your labels Read your labels, know what's in your clothing, just like you know what's in your food. And and so doing that will help you to understand more about what you're wearing. The other thing, too, is understand that when you're wanting all of these things, such as I want this to be flame retardant, I don't, I want, you know, I want my clothes to... Um, resist water. I need them to, you know, like raincoats and shoes and things that are made of synthetic fabrics. They're usually made with a chemical and that chemical transfers into not only the environment, but also into your skin as you continue to wear these items. Um, Things like polyester, which is made of plastic, When you wash those items, they also release microplastics into the into the water stream in your wash, in your laundry. So understand that all of these things as they're as they're as they're degrading and they're they're breaking down. They're not only breaking down into the environment, but also you're wearing them. So they're also breaking down onto your skin. And so that's how we get all of these things and asthma and allergies and things that we didn't have before. That's why we're seeing so much of that now. Yeah. No, some of these rare cancers that used to be like, you know, like nobody under the age of 70 had now people in their 40s. Exactly. We start to, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's terrifying, but it's good to know. I mean, it's, you're right. Read the labels that what, what is in my clothes and then go a little bit further and, um, yeah, it's got me thinking a lot about what I'm what I'm putting on my body lately. There is a there is a vi- there is a um a documentary 
out called um, Slow Fashion, Alex James Snow's Slow Fashion on Prime Video. And they talk about, you know, what are, what fast fashion, the differences between clothes. And they do an experiment between a, a sweater made of like polyester rayon and a sweater made of wool. And, and they bury both sweaters and they come back about 30 day, 30 to 60 days later. And they look at how the wool sweater has started to biodegrade back into its natural fibers. And that polyester sweater is still there. The same polyester <laughs> hadn't changed and moved and, <laughs> and anything. And I, I challenge people to do something simple like that just to see the effects of what's happening and, and what they're wearing. Yeah, throw, don't throw that sweater in your compost. That, um, right, exactly. You don't want to eat those. No, you don't want to eat those vegetables. Eat <laughs> no. So you went this year. Uh, it continues to grow, and this year you you brought in some. I mean, you had people from around the world at the event could can you talk a little bit about your experience in building this into an international event i know there's the canada was there the netherlands was there like what are some of the challenges what are some of the rewards and and how did the international perspective add to the event well the the international I, it has always been my desire from the onset that it was an international and global event because it's a global problem it's not just happening in Atlanta. Um, and so it is really, you know, I'll, I'll give you a, a, a secret, a, a fact of Atlanta Sustainable Fashion Week. When I created it, I created it as Sustainable Fashion Week Atlanta because I knew that it was going to be global and we were going to be able to expand it across and outside of Atlanta. However, when my, my creative director at the time created the branding and the logo, he created the logo as ATLSFW, which then transformed the Atlanta to the front. And so it was always my vision. I say that to say it was always my vision to be a global entity and an international entity. And that's why even in my first event, we had panelists from Africa and from Germany and from the UK um, that participated into the event. Um, and so my, my vision and my purpose is to really not only bring awareness to brands that are here locally, but brands that are just B Corp or B, you know, B certified or just sustainable brands, even brands that have not even gotten to B Corp status, but are sustainable, that we can help get there, get to a B Corp status and get to a mainstream status um, to be able to expose them and create relationships for them and create opportunities for manufacturing to scale and 
and do more interactive virtual digital patterning to, you know, for zero waste patterning and things like that. So it's always been something that has been part of the ATL SFW model. We're going to have next year, hopefully, uh, AMS SFW going to taking this roadshow to Amsterdam, yes. hopefully. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just, you know, making my case right now. No, you know, it's, you need it's to, in the works. To me to carry works. the bags or something. Just let Nathan's me know. Nathan's telling the secrets. Oh, we can cut that if we need to. No, it's it, no, it's coming by the, probably whenever this air will be announcing. So it'd be good. Oh, nice. And I didn't even know the full secret. I just knew we were going to sustainability. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to find a reason. I need to get my wife over for a tulip festival. That's all I know. Um, and the conference I go to every year is always like a day late. It's like the week after the tulip festival. Ah. Well, yeah, so. this will be during Tula Festival because Tula Festival it it really lasts like a month. It's like a month yeah. long. Of, yeah, like most so, of April. Yeah, yeah. most. Yeah, I, so. I think, yeah, this year was like May fifth or something, and I yeah. went like May twelfth. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited, but it's also it was really cool to see to see that influence actually hitting and and to see your vision coming to life of like this needs to be an event that happens in more than just. I mean, I don't want to offend BAME and Atlanta influences everything, but we are influencing everything. We just need to take it and start spreading that influence around exactly. the world, too. And I think, you know, to, to your point, um, the Netherlands and Amsterdam, I've been, you know, really, it's been a great relationship that I'm building with the, the Consul General of the Netherlands and and his wife and and we're planning some amazing things both here and abroad in, in the Netherlands. And so I can't wait to be able to announce those things to um, to everybody and to your audience. But it is, it is so exciting because the Netherlands are such leaders in the sustainable and the sustainable practices from their government to their businesses. I mean, and to be able to build those relationships so that businesses that are here in the U.S. can go over and collaborate with businesses and companies over there and potentially do some business and create that import-export and relationship, I think, is is major. Yeah, and in a previous life on a previous podcast, and we never ended up doing anything. We recorded one season, but we were doing trying to do like transatlantic B Corp stuff, mm-hmm. and we had uh, uh, Tommy Schweikler on, who mm. who has this whole crazy um, business that he's created. I think it's a nonprofit and a for profit. Anyway, but yeah, basically putting some of these, you know, they you get some of these. Um, you know, immigrants into the country that were from like Syria and Afghanistan and they were tailors and they were seamstresses and he puts them to work repurposing clothes. And they had a whole uh, activation at the B for good leader summit, which is the kind of the European B Corp uh, conference. And they, I was like, Oh my God, I know this person. <laughs> it's like, I've, I've met you before. So was, um, there's, they're definitely, I got to see some of that. It, you know, that was probably three, four years ago. Yeah. Um, I was one of those like COVID projects. Like oh, I'm going to start doing a podcast. Um, <laughs> so um, it's exciting. It's I'm excited for you and excited to see it continue to grow. What else is in your vision for the future? Um, and I know, I know you and I have worked on, I think you still owe Jenna some things, but we're working on B Corp certification. What else, what else is in the future? So, so a couple of things we are, we are moving 
Um, the model is expanding, um, which was always what I wanted to do into more education. We are doing a lot more programming that will be around the year. So there'll be a lot of workshops that we're planning for 2024 and beyond. Um, educational series, we're building curriculums that we are, are going to be working with some schools and, and businesses in that. Um, we had the privilege this year of working with a local high school here to create a, to do a sustainable fashion um, residency. Um, and so with high school students, and so I'm excited about doing more of that. Um, fellowships with college students, students, and working with college students on on some projects that I'm really excited about. I've got an app that I'm working on um, currently that we're hoping will be in beta by the end of the year. So I'm excited about that. Um, so yeah, we're booked and busy, I guess. B Corp certification and then B-Corp, you and I are collaborating yeah. on, on some stuff with Lavanya who's yes. been on the podcast on, with uh, some HBCU and tribal college. Yes. I can't. That's exciting. That is exciting, especially because I'm an HBCU grad. Well, it's fun for me because it's been on my push of how do we include our HBCUs and some of the B academics work that I've been doing for three years. And you just, it's almost like you, I, spoke it into reality i just kept yeah. talking about trying to do it until all of a sudden i turned around and you were there lavanya's there and like let's do the thing and it's yeah like, all of the oh. stars aligned they aligned and 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 i don't know for the podcast listeners i'm just saying it's sexy as hell <laughs> it's me yeah well it's like <laughs> I, I just I, in a weird way it's kind of like fun where it's it's like your merry band of like fellow crazies where you're like i can doubt i can handle one more initiative i can right. handle one more project team that i'm a part of and then lavanya throws a 14 tab spreadsheet at me um and i'm like it's also how i know it's going to be successful because you don't want me doing the spreadsheet and i guess i should say since you kind of you kind of um hinted to this we'll be you know taking a group of of businesses so if sustainable businesses over to the netherlands if they're interested in in learning more about doing business sustainable business with companies over there and more more about the brands over there we've got some exciting things that we're planning for this week-long tour that will be over there the roadshow mission trip yes no that's exciting um yeah i know i'm spilling tea everywhere this morning i know um if if you're talking to somebody who this is all brand new to, we just mm-hmm. threw a lot at them around sustainable fashion. What would be your like one to two, I don't want to say takeaways, but one to two simple like action items that they can do if they want to live more sustainably with regards to what they're wearing, what they're buying, how they consume, where they consume. What would be your, your, your tips for like the starter's guide to sustainable fashion? Yeah, I, I think tip number one, don't let it stress you out. You know, I think it can be so intimidating trying to know and with greenwashing, understanding what companies are and are not. Um, I think that it, it, it gets intimidating and then people are like, just to heck with it. Um, tip number two, there is a, a website. There is a couple websites. One is called Good On You. And the other is called remake.world. Both of those websites 
they have um they are committed to under to helping you to understand sustainable brands so if you're looking for denim and you're looking for blue jeans they will give you a list of blue jean companies that are sustainable they will also tell you the companies that are not sustainable they and and they rate them and they rate them according to their labor practices, their fair, how they treat their workers, their manufacturing processes, their textile, you know, whether they're textiles, their animal, you know, their animal cruelty, whether they support or not, you know, all of those things, they have about six, um, six things that they rate on and they do, and they'll show you what the ratings are and they will tell you whether this is a company that is even trying to do sustainability or not, or they're great sustainable brands that you can support. And so that's a way to find out um, how and where and how you can start to support brands that have the kind of clothes that you want to wear, because that's one of the challenges. I think people have this preconceived notion about what they wear and the clothing. Like if it's sustainable, it won't be trendy. If it's this, you know, but you can find all of these brands that have things that you want. And then the other thing is follow ATLSFW and follow us, follow us, you know, and check us out. And because we're always supporting, you know, brands and, have updates and, you know, conversations about different things that are happening. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Start some, like, don't get overwhelmed, just start. And, and I mean, the other part too, is like some of these, like the blue jeans and stuff. If you compare like a pair of really sustainable, like I had bought Patagonia, like the, the thickness of the denim, like the, mm-hmm. the, the fact that those are, they're more expensive, but you can get one pair that's going to last years and yeah. years and while well, Patagonia will repair them and, Right. send them back to you but versus like you know the 30 dollars pair of jeans from like an old navy where it's like you know like the, the crotch is gonna rip out in six right. months so you're gonna be, you're gonna bend down and regret buying those jeans like right yeah they're they're cheaper and i get that but they also yeah sustainable also from a longevity standpoint for a lot of these and yeah you're right you don't have to wear a, a burlap sack to be sustainably absolutely fashioned. and then and also you don't have to you don't have to wear jeans that contaminated the water of the people that manufacture them that are drinking that water now so you know those are all things that and it all comes downstream so don't think just because it's over in bangladesh that you're not have you're not affected by it wow all right we'll leave it at that that's uh (laughs) like well no but you're right i mean it is it's 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 a it's a global we need to think globally with some of these things the problem out of sight out of mind and a lot of places being affected by these things are so out of sight that we don't think about it. So it's like, whatever, but I want my $30 jeans. Um, but there's, there, there's, a, there's a cost. But that's there's, the thing you know. too. One more thing with that, because you, know, you make a good point. I want my $30 jeans. However, if you're buying $30 jeans once a month, are they really $30? When, you know, whereas if you buy one pair of jeans that is, that is sustainable and quality, for $150 that you can wear for the next 10 years, who's really, are you really saying, where are you saving the money? The $150 jeans or the $30 jeans that you're buying every month? Think There's about it. The mic drop. Boom. There's the mic dropper, folks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, it's been so much fun having you on. I always love our conversations and I always, I'd make the same joke at the end of like every podcast where it's just fun to like have a conversation with a friend that we release to the world. Yes. Love it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for, for everything. And, and just excited to see you continue to grow, excited to play some small part or something like hitch my wagon to you and just follow you wherever you go. But uh, same. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's, it's fun. It's our, again, it's our, like our merry band of crazies that we're creating in this, in this space in Atlanta and, you know, even starting to see some of the sustainable fashion come through Atlanta, like Rochelle Porter, like Tia yes. Robinson, to see some of this continue to build and and for us to be that, you know, not just clean tech, not just tech, but the the sustainability hub of business in the country, I yes. think, should be Atlanta. I agree. And it's getting there because of people like you. Well, thank you so much. And again, people like you for having me and making, creating this platform so that we can help to push this vision and this mission and build this community, continue to build the community. So thank you so much. Well, that wraps up another edition of Be The Change Georgia. We're grateful as always for the opportunity to serve you with this content and grow this incredible community of purpose-driven B Corp leaders. If you haven't already, we would be grateful for you to rate the show wherever you get your podcast by simply tapping the number of stars you think it deserves and sharing it with a friend. This helps us get the word out and continue to use our collective influence as a force for good. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help from our production team at Chat with Leaders Media. Learn how you can launch your own podcast to grow your business at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again for listening and now go be a leader worth following.